0: What is going on everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning and I am your host coming to you on Thursday, January 17th, 2019. And as always, I am joined by my friend and co-host Patrick Mayhorn. Patrick, what is going on, man? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. We're, we've got... Um... You know, we, we complained last week about there being so much news. Um, we have less news this week. We have significantly less news, so much so that we're, like, talking um, extensively about Kendall Sheffield. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm not too upset about it. I think it's uh, I think it's good to get a little bit of a break. The basketball team is, um, you know, after being such a wonderful reprieve during the football season, the basketball team is uh, causing me some pain right now, but um i'm doing well i'm I'm happy to get back on the podcast talk about some buckeye news talk about the basketball team i think it'll be a good episode
0: how's the weather out in ohio right now because i know (laughs) i know that there's supposed to be a snowstorm for that whole portion of the country out in the bay it is it's been raining for like the last three days which has been terrible but after all the fires in the summer this is pretty good for next summer i also experienced my first earthquake out here yesterday at four in the morning that was a very scary experience for somebody that just dreads the thought of being on one of the bridges during an earthquake. So that was fun. But the, the weather here sucks, man. I, I am ready yeah. for spring <laughs> and summer.
1: Yeah, it's um, I think it's currently snowing. My window is closed, so I can't see. But um, it's been snowing pretty much all week. Um, and it's like, it's not too cold um it's like in the 30s but it's still snowing which means it's like the really wet um much more slippery snow which is kind of tough to drive on it's it's not pleasant and the the weekend forecast is not encouraging it's a it's a lot of ice it's a lot of snow it's a lot of um not super pleasant things but luckily i think i'm planning on staying in this weekend and um that's that's probably for the best, because it is, uh, it is is full-on Ohio winter out here.
0: It'd be a perfect time to go down south, and Patrick, you know who just went down south, and we we <laughs> should migrating. probably join him, <laughs> is Tate Martell, heading off to the University of Miami. We talked about it on the last episode of the podcast, that it was basically 100% likely that he was going to transfer, and... He made it official a couple nights ago, and he's going to head down to the U. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I can't think of a more perfect place for Tate Martell to fulfill his destiny as the most hated quarterback in the country than by going <laughs> to Miami. And I'm, I'm not even being like sarcastic. I am super here for this. I am so excited. He's going to have to sit out a year probably. I don't see how he could get a hardship waiver. But Tate Martell, Miami quarterback, I'm here for it, and I hope, I wish nothing but the best for Tate Martell, and I am excited to watch him play down there in a couple years.
1: My um, my take on Miami that might not actually be super popular in Ohio State circles is that um, I think college football's better when Miami is good. I know that that's like a cliche thing to say about any Blue blood program that's been down, um, but what was it two years ago when they were awesome they went like 11 and 0 to start the season and then lost to pit um I think that was great I, I think that when Miami is good I think when Miami and Notre Dame are both good and they're playing each other in the game and you know you, you've got that stadium rock and you've got the the program with the swagger I think that that is the I, I think that's the pinnacle of Miami football and I think it really adds a lot <clears throat> to to college football when they're good um and uh, and Tate Martell is is pretty much perfect for Vanilla for Vice, that. baby. Vanilla yeah, Vanilla Vice. Vice. He's like, I, I think both in style and in just the way that he talks and carries himself, he is a Miami quarterback. He is like, you know, all of their best quarterbacks have been that kind of guy—the very cocky, you know, like playmaker who's not necessarily the most purely like mechanically sound quarterback in the world, but just a guy who's gonna do weird shit and still score touchdowns and celebrate. And I, I I think that you know at at Ohio State, he probably would have been a pretty good starter. he He would have been replacement level. He would have been slightly above replacement level. They would have won ten games. I, I think at miami where the the expectations are a little bit lower, the um, the scheme is a little bit different, and um, the fan base is much more willing to accept the uh, the flaws of a quarterback like that I, I think he'll thrive I think that's a great place for him I, I think that you know I, I really can't find a better program for Tate Martel to fit in and I know he's got a couple other of his uh, Bishop Gorman friends there now I think Brevin Jordan and uh, Bubba Bolden are both there if I remember correctly um, so yeah good for him I, I think that you know good for Manny Diaz too I like Manny Diaz a lot I think that he's going to do a good job there and getting Tate Martell presumably in 2020 and presumably winning that battle. I, I think there will be, um, some, some talk about him possibly not winning that battle. Cause they got some other good quarterbacks there too, but, um. Yeah. Good. Good for Tate. Good for Miami. I, I have no issue with it. I. I hope he does well there.
0: I will say I don't know if I would lump Ken Dorsey into the cocky playmaker. Oh, category. Ken Dorsey was the ultimate I, I, I don't know. Very I cool. don't know if Ken Dorsey <laughs> was out here making dudes miss on option reads, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that it's it's a very good fit for Tate Martell, and probably offensively with with what they're going to do moving forward. It's good for him as it pertains to Ohio State. We kind of covered that on the last episode. Matt Baldwin is going to be that backup now to Justin Fields. You're, you're going to hear a lot from certain sections of the Ohio State fan base and Ohio State media that it's going to be a competition. Matt Baldwin's going to fight his ass off. I, I think that there's absolutely a place for him in the next couple of years. Uh, Justin, This is Justin Fields' job, and it's good yep. to have that depth, And Ohio State needs to find somebody else, like we said last episode, whether that is through uh, somebody in this 2019 class when the old National Signing Day comes up, a transfer which seems less and less likely, but you never know, or, or something else. They would like to have four quarterbacks, so we'll see what happens. Do you have any strong takes or ideas on on what they can do to beef up the quarterback depth a little bit
1: well i'm sure that they'll look towards the grad transfer section um i'm not sure who's out there right now i know jalen Hurts just um announced he was going to oklahoma which is uh very enticing I, i think that that'll be a lot of fun um But in terms of Ohio State, I'm not super sure what the answer is there. Maybe they go down to the FCS level, like uh, Oregon did a couple years ago to get Vernon Adams. They see if there's an FCS grad transfer who could come up and play right away um, as the the number two or number three. But outside of that, there are not a ton of great options. The 2019 quarterback class stinks. It's real bad. Um, It's been real bad for several months, and... Uh, that's not changing after guys have signed. Now you you've really got the dregs left, and Ohio State's not in, in on any of them anyway. So they they might just have to roll with Fields and Baldwin and Chuganov, which is not I mean it's not ideal, but Justin Fields is not a little dude. I, I think he can take some hits, and if worst comes to worst, Matthew Baldwin is capable. He he's a capable quarterback. There's not a battle there, but. i I do think baldwin can um survive if necessary and make some plays last thing on the tape front manny diaz needs to go hire brock berlin to coach quarterbacks he tate needs to learn from the og miami quarterback who wasn't actually all that great but looked really cool (laughs) I, i think that would be the ideal situation for him is to to learn from the legend brock berlin so that's uh that's my final take on that front and For Ohio State quarterbacks, it's really, it's hard to say. I'm guessing they go grad transfer, but we don't really know right now because we don't really know how, how Ryan Day wants to recruit a specific situation like that yet.
0: What about Kyle Wright? What's he doing? I I'm, I might be mixing <laughs> up my quarterbacks, but I, I don't I thought, even know
1: who that is.
0: <laughs> I thought that Kyle Wright took like a felony charge. I don't want to say that out loud and and t- misappropriate anything. You did just say Ky- it out
1: loud. Ky- is the Kyle thing.
0: Wright? I think I'm wrong. I, I'm thinking of another quarterback. That was probably definitely was Chris Lee Got into some trouble a couple years ago. Okay, but yeah, Kyle Wright. Kyle whatever. Wright. Whatever you're doing, man. Hope uh hope you're doing well. He was a he was a stud prospect. People my age will remember. Uh, the, the Kyle Wright era at Miami. and it How about Ja'Cory Harris? How do we feel about Ja'Cory Harris? Yes, Ja'Cory Harris. Also, Ohio State fans know him. Uh,
1: Welcome to the only Miami football podcast on the internet.
0: <laughs> somehow through an interception to Cam Hayward. That is the Ja'Cory Harris Legend. that I choose to uh, remember and revere. Any other Ohio State football stuff you mentioned at the top? Kendall Sheffield. I would say he declared for the draft, but there really was never anything. like there wasn't any official announcement. The <laughs> deadline just kind of passed. and we joked about it after we stopped recording last time that like, what if he just never says anything? And it kind of came true. He just never said anything. but he's off to the NFL. I just I, I don't really have much because we we just never we never really heard anything from Kendall Sheffield his whole career at Ohio State. and there was a lot of promise with him coming from Alabama and being such a highly touted recruit. I don't know that he lived up to all of that. I don't think he was an awful player by, by any means, but the one thing that stands out about him is of course his speed. And whenever, when the NFL combine comes up, we're going to hear a lot about that. Him and Paris Campbell might be the two fastest guys at that combine. And that's going to have a lot of NFL scouts talking about what he can do Speed-wise, you know, it's it's clear ball skills-wise, stuff like that, he needs to improve his game, but, you know, the one thing, even if you don't like Kendall Sheffield, his success is not only good for him, we wish him nothing but the best to have a successful NFL career, but it only helps Ohio State and their recruiting and their future abilities to get athletes like that, so... Much success to Kendall Sheffield. we'll see how he does, but when that combine pops up, he's gonna be near the top of the list at the forty.
1: yeah, I'm seeing what Kendall Sheffield looks like for the first time um and he's like he he's like he's at his um his former Juco wearing all Adidas stuff, which is generally found upon at Ohio State at Nike school um so I'm guessing he is in VATCON. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of a Kind of a weird career he had at Ohio State, never really caught on um he was okay I mean he i i don't I don't think I have any strong opinions at all on Kendall Sheffield, either way. He wasn't great by any means, he wasn't terrible. Um, like you said, he's really fast. That's the thing that we've heard for two years now is that he's really fast. Um, he's almost certainly going to go to the combine and show that he's really fast if he gets an invite. Which I assume he will. I mean, it, it seems like he is a, a fourth round kind of guy right now, and I, I assume he'll get an invite and get to show off that speed and maybe make himself some extra money there. Um, so good for him. Go go get the money. Um, I think that he, um, you know, he like any college football player, willing to play football. Anybody willing to play football at such a high level deserves to get paid for it. So. Um, I hope he go. I hope he goes and gets his money. I hope he goes and shows off the speed and gets the um, uh, you know some cornerbacks coach, some head coach who thinks they can fix him to to draft him in the third or second round. So, best of luck to Kendall Sheffield on that. I, I don't think it'll hurt Ohio State too much at all.
0: We are one step closer to the Jeff Okuda Sean Wade starting cornerback combo. It Lord Lord bless. 2019 is off to a fantastic start. Any other football stuff we want to touch on? Like we said, it's it's finally started to slow down a little bit.
1: Um, I think that's about it. With all of the declarations done, there's not a ton going on right now. Um, there's still a bunch of dudes ent- entering the transfer portal, which I, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this at all, but it seems like college football internet at large, not necessarily writers' internet, but college football internet, like just the fans, seem to be obsessed with the idea of a transfer portal, right? Like something about the wording is just it's it's hysterical to them and I I don't know if I don't know if you've seen this. I hate it. I think it's really dumb how people are all like, "Oh, he's entering the portal." Like it was really funny the first time and you made like a good photoshop for it of uh of Tate Martell on the portal, but it's like everything I like, every news story I see, the first reply is like, what does this mysterious portal even look like? It's like, it's like, do we have to do this every single time someone transfers? I, I don't know. That's that's my last college football thing, is that I'm sick of people talking about the transfer portal so much.
0: I think it's because portal is such a rarely used word. And I, I like the word portal. Like, And if it's you've ever word, played the, yeah. the video game portal, great game. game yeah. Very hard game. But... Yeah, I'm with you. There, there's always certain things that I think college football internet kind of beats into the ground, and you just gotta kind of get away from. And especially when it comes to the off season, like there's literally nothing else to talk about. So you just have shit like that where people are just nonstop talking about the transfer portal, and you have articles. Is like, I talked to an SID, and we went to the transfer portal for a day and saw what <laughs> awesome. happened. Awesome, thanks. It's a spreadsheet. <laughs> It just looks like a spreadsheet. That's off-season stuff when there's no, you know, the recruiting is in a dead period. There's no real other news. That's like how all all the takes about Jalen Hurts after yesterday, whether it was positive or negative, I did not want to see. Because it's just, it's January. There's only so much you can discuss and talk about it. You know, I want to talk about Chris Chuganov. That's what I want to do here on this podcast, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to shove 40 minutes of Chris Chuganov talk down your throats. We're, we're better than that. So yeah, we're not going to do much more transfer stuff unless Coming something next big.
1: Week, 40 minutes of Chris Chuganov talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> unless something big pops up, but that that's pretty much it for football. And now I don't even know how we transition to talk about the basketball team, but they have a big game coming up tomorrow against Maryland, 6.30 p.m. on either Fox or Fox Sports 1 on a three-game losing streak. They sit at 12-4 and four right now. And I haven't watched enough of them in this streak as I, I wouldn't say I should have because I'm glad I haven't really watched any of these games other than just perusing through them. But this seems like a very big game for them to need to get off the schneid and be able to get a win. And I know you've written in depth about some of the issues and problems. What are you most looking for from them against Maryland?
1: Well, the, you know, the main issue that they have been, they've been having recently in, in all three of the losses, not as much against Michigan state. They were actually surprisingly good against Michigan state. Michigan state was just better. Um, but against Rutgers against Iowa, they really struggled with turnovers Their Their defense was okay, but not great. They weren't forcing a ton of turnovers for themselves. Um, and they just they just don't look good. They, they look sloppy. They look like they're not super in control. Caleb Wesson is starting games with two fouls Like almost immediately. He's fouling twice and then not being able to play for the rest of the first half. And um, I, I think it was Bill Landis of The Athletic that wrote a really good piece about how the, um, the senior leadership or the older guys on the team don't really feel like they're leading. Um, like C.J. Jackson and Andre Wesson and Keyshawn Woods talked about how they they feel like they need to do a better job of leading, and that seems to be something that Chris Holtman has alluded to and is aware of. Seeing how he uh, he did not start C.J. Jackson against Iowa, he kept him on the bench to start the game, which I assume was to send a message. It certainly wasn't helpful from a uh, on a, you know an on the court perspective because cj jackson is pretty easily the best point guard on the team um but it, it seems like there are maybe not locker room issues but maybe a lack of leadership on the team that are you know when things are things are not going great they don't have anybody that they can rely on to to step up and keep the team going like they did last year with jay sean tate and Kate the Diop and you know even guys like cam williams and andrew dockage um so I, I think that the, you know, the main thing that I'm really looking for is to see if they can alleviate the, the, the little things, the little problems, the, you know, having 21 turnover or Caleb Wesson immediately having two fouls or the point guards not getting to the hoop ever. I, I really don't remember the last time there was a layup in a Buckeye game that wasn't from Caleb Wesson or, you know, Kyle Young. It just, it feels like they're they're making the game way harder than it needs to be and, um i think a lot of that is due to the fact that everyone is playing zone against them because they can't shoot threes but just finding an answer for that zone at least somewhat of an answer changing something up defensively whatever it may be i think the main thing i'm looking for is just to see that you know are they at least aware of what the problems are and trying to change them
0: yeah and the thing that i look at just glancing at the schedule too not trying to look past this game because Maryland is 19th and they're 15 and 3 this obviously isn't anywhere close to a gimme especially with how they've been playing but this starts a stretch for them where after this they play Purdue who already has six losses but we know how Purdue plays. They're always salty. And then against what looks like a very improved Nebraska team on the road. And then they play Michigan on the road, who still hasn't lost yet. They look like they're arguably the best team in the country behind Duke. So if they struggled in this previous stretch, this stretch now is one where if they're still having leadership issues or you know not really being able to get into the flow of the offense, This is kind of a make or break point of the season, and we went into the year with, hey, it looks like they're going to be good. Hopefully, they can take another step forward, and they did to start the season, and now there's been a little bit of a step back. and This is kind of gut check time for them, I I think, and I, I don't know if it's panic time. Maybe if you want to put it that way, it can be. But this is a stretch where like they they're gonna have to win a couple games. They're gonna have to gut it out and try to go three and one and the, the Michigan game is whatever, but uh, against a very good Maryland team at home, these are games that they need to win to show that they have taken another step forward and they're they're not gonna just let a midseason lull completely derail their season because a bad loss to Maryland here. and yeah, you can go into the Purdue game and that Nebraska game and lose both of those and go into Michigan and not have a shot and get your doors blown off, and the season could be over. So to me, this is the key stretch of the season, and they have to find a way to bounce back and play more consistent basketball, especially on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, this is, I think it is really a a huge point of the season. It could be a turning point in really either direction because if they lose these next four games, they finish January without winning a game. They're 12-8. and Um, And at that point, you're twelve and eight and you're really struggling in conference play, the The margin of error there to try and still get into the tournament is extremely small. I, I think if you you know if you're sitting at twelve and eight starting February, you've still got currently four ranked teams left on the schedule, and uh, three of those are on the road at Indiana, at Michigan State, and at Maryland. Um, that's, I mean, you can lose what? one, two games in the rest of the season. if you come into February at twelve and eight. With you know not a ton of quality non-conference wins, it's it's really a situation where they they have to, if not beat Maryland, at least play Maryland really close and prove that they can play with Maryland. Uh, they have to beat Purdue. I, I think that that is a a must-win. I think that they have to beat Nebraska. So at least going two and two in this final stretch, finish the month at fourteen and six. That's still not good, but it's it's better than you know not winning in the entire month of January and i, I really do think that this is a, a crucial four game stretch for them here and taking 3 of 4 or you know even 2 of 4 is, is something that this is you know it's kind of a must have situation for the buckeyes and i'm not sure if i'm super confident that they can do it right now cuz it, it they haven't shown that they can to this point and Maryland seems to be a pretty good team. Purdue is as you said, Purdue. Um at Nebraska's tough and then at Michigan I don't I don't see happening. Um so it, it really, you know, they they've gotta find something that can work here. They they've got to they've gotta figure out their issues pretty quickly, um or things can get real bad real quick.
0: I guess after we've just breaking it down a little bit. I think I will go out on that and say, yeah, the Maryland game is a must win. If they lose this game, it's hard to see them taking two of three in that those next couple of games. So I will say this is a must win, and that's tough against a very good Maryland team, but this is kind of the corner they've backed themselves into, and we'll see what happens. I think if they completely careen, I still think this is kind of just a, a gimme year, and maybe I'm throwing them a little bit of a line here after it happened last year, but I think we may have gotten a little jaded off of what they did in year one under Chris Holtman, and I still think he's trying to figure things out, and the program as a whole is trying to figure things out, but as it pertains to this season, they want to get back on track. They got to win tomorrow, and as you said, I don't know how confident I am that they're going to be able to do that against a very good team with the way that they've been playing, but Good teams find a way, and for them to take the next step, they have to be able to find a way to be more consistent and play better.
1: Yep. Well, we'll certainly, we'll certainly see. I think that Chris Holtman has built up the, you know, the 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 goodwill that I'm not, I'm certainly not going to turn on him this season. I mean, this is a rebuilding year. This has always been a rebuilding year. They started off really, really well and made it seem like maybe they had the talent to still be really solid this year. I feel less good about that now, but it is still, I mean, this is a super young team. They've got two seniors. Neither of those seniors was Holtman recruits. The, you know, the oldest a Holtman recruit is right now is what, Moussa Jalo, a sophomore. It's just, you know, it's a young team. It's a young team, and he's still trying to build out this program, and I, I think that He's the guy who can do it. I think that he has the right energy. I think that he has the right ideas of what to do with this program. And, um, you know, in terms of actual coaching decisions, uh, I I think if anybody can pull this team together and get them back on the right track, he can probably do it. So I I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think they're going to go 4-0 in this next stretch or anything, but... With um, with Holtman coaching, I I do think he can at least get two wins out of them. Um, they probably need three in this next four. Like you said, I think that the the Maryland game is is real near that crucial territory, and I think Holtman knows that. I think the team will know that, and they've had pretty much an entire week to prepare for it. So maybe they maybe they won't come out so flat. Maybe they'll come out and look like the the Buckeyes that we saw in December and in November. That would certainly be. I think ideal for them and for us.
0: All the bail people wanted us to shoot the football team. Sorry guys, it's all going to the basketball team this year. We're shooting them all of the bail. But tomorrow against Maryland, six thirty Eastern on FS one, we can catch Ohio State playing Maryland in that crucial game. We'll see what happens. We'll obviously talk about that game after the fact and get really get into this upcoming stretch and see where the chips fall for them because it's crucial I I don't I guess we can we can't really say it enough how big these next couple of games are for them to win and, and how disastrous that Rutgers game was for them to lose the Iowa game is whatever that's gonna happen but The Rutgers game is just going to look worse and worse. So that's the spot they put themselves in. We'll see if they can dig themselves out. We have anything else?
1: Not so much content related, kind of content related. Um, I think we're probably going to be doing mostly basketball talk for the next couple weeks as the basketball season is the main thing. There's not going to be a ton of football stuff. We'll probably do a final signing day show. But I'm I'm guessing there will be a uh, a call for questions on the the podcast account here at some point. So people, if you have any questions, send them in. We will we will take those at at any time to answer on the show. We are we are happy to do a question show. We're happy to answer questions. If you have any Buckeye related content to feed to us, we will take it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, send us a tweet at Holy Land Pod. You can also reach Patrick at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. I am at Dubsco, and we are at Land Grant 33 as a site. Also, go to LandGrantHolyLand.com for all of our web-based coverage, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, and go to SoundCloud.com slash Land. Also, I'm going to plug myself here. Listen to my podcast, too, the Two Stripes podcast for anything college football related. It's good. It's back on the air. Just did an episode talking about Texas Tech. So check that out as well and leave me some feedback. Do you have anything you want to promote, Patrick?
1: Not that is uh, officially out yet. There's going to be a video that I did coming out real soon. Um, I'm not pivoting to video full time, but I did make a video. (laughs) It's a mini You're documentary. You're pivoting to about, listicles yeah. full time? Yeah, I'm pivoting to, li- to, to listicles. It's a mini documentary about Dontre Wilson. I, I like it a lot. Um, outside of that, I wrote a, uh, a 12 reasons
0: fo- why Dontre Wilson <laughs> is the baddest bitch to ever grace Ohio Stadium. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, outside of that, I wrote a season rap on the, the college football season that I thought was pretty good. Um, it, it, I. Um, I, I quoted The Odyssey quite a bit and kind of used The Odyssey as a guide to write it. Um, but it's good. It's not uh, bad you would think it is from my description of it. <laughs> people people should go read it. Uh, that's on uh, landgrantholyland.com. Presumably the rest of my work is also there. People can go read that. Um, probably another big project coming down the pipe pretty soon that I can't necessarily talk about right now because I don't know the details of it yet. Um, But it'll be a little bit different from the other stuff that I have done, um, seeing how it'll be a little bit different from uh, sport-wise than what I usually cover. And I'll I'll say that. Uh, But I'm excited for that, people. Again, go read our content. Our content
0: is good. Chronicling a week living with Bill Davis. I can't wait for it. That's going to be very (laughs) exciting. But stay tuned with everything we got on landgrantholyland.com interact with patrick and i on twitter and please send us questions or comments at uh holy land pod and find some other stuff we got going on there we we put some photoshops up we changed the design a little bit there's some cool stuff coming up so it's the quiet period for basically everything so we're probably just gonna talk a little basketball some football recruiting stuff a lot of nonsense so if you have any topics shoot them our way but until next time, for Patrick Mayhorn, I'm Colton Denning. This has been the Hangout in the Holy Land. And go, Bucks.